sluggish feeling, that dull, sluggish, lazy, procrastinating energy. You need to get some rajas. And that just takes willpower. You just have to, uh, you don't feel like doing anything when you're tamasic. That's the point. You just don't feel like doing it. Even, even you know, everybody experiences this all the time, you know, regularly. This is this resistance to getting up and doing what you should be doing. It's normal. But if that's your predominant way you react to things, if you procrastinate and put things off and, are, and lack any kind of motivation to do things, you just do things because you have to do them and because your whole life is going to be a total mess if you don't, that then, uh, then you need to just take yourself, you know, uh, by the collar and lift yourself up and shake yourself a bit and get on and do something. Now, it's, I know it's the hardest thing to do, but that's the only way out. You need the rajas. And then you get the activities going. You get that rajasic energy going. Huh? You start moving forward. You start experiencing some sort of change. Because Thomas is just like... <laughs> <laughs> you're just dull, you're stupid, you're just, uh, seriously, it's just stupidity, it's sloth. Uh, you see these, but with Rajas, at least you, you're moving forward, you're doing some things, you're engaging yourself, you're getting the Shakti, the energy uh, out of life, contacting life. If you get in life, you'll you'll start to get energy. You start interacting with people and doing things and stuff. You'll, your energy will pick up. You need that. but and, and you can accomplish a tremendous amount of stuff with rajas, but the problem is, you know, particularly if you're successful and you're rajasic, then you'll just keep doing more and more stuff, which just produces more and more rajas. And that can, get, that can be just as big a problem as Thomas. Understand? You... you the, the, the attention on all the action, object and activities will keep you from paying attention to yourself. Just like the heavy cloud, Thomas will keep you from appreciating and paying attention to yourself. So then you have to use sattva. You have to change your habits. You have to settle down. He said, love solitude. Stay away from people. He gives, he's going to give some other uh, simple bits of advice here about how to live, lifestyle stuff. Uh, and then you get to sattva, and then, huh? 
when you get to sattva, there's a problem. It's a sattva. You get attached to beauty. You get attached to ease. Because things are easy and beautiful and truthful and happy and good when you're sattvic. In fact, most people get stuck in sattva because they feel so good. They've done their sadhana. They feel so good. Uh, they think, oh, who cares about moksha? My life is pretty darn good. Uh, they're healthy. They got friends. They're, they're not in debt. You know, they've got a little money and I said so forth and so on. You know, uh, maybe have good love relationships with people. And they get comfortable. You know, bourgeois comfort. And, and they, they stop growing. Oh, and they get vain. They also get conceited or vain. They think they're special because they actually, uh, they look down at other people and they compare themselves to, to tamasic and rajasic people. And they think, well, I, I'm pretty good. I'm way above those people. I may have been like that before, but I'm better than that, than that better than them now, or I'm better than I was. So they rest on their laurels. They, they, um, they stop growing. And that, that, that's a, that's, it's a nice problem to have. <laughs> but I tell you, after you've been happy for a considerable period of time, it gets a little boring. The rajas starts to come up. Hmm? Huh? And, and you, get, you, you get become dissatisfied with your comfort and convenience and your luxuries. And, and then, then, huh, then what do you do? Then you're ready to apply this knowledge and, huh, and take the next step beyond the gunas. So, so that's a progression. He said in verse 57, each succeeding type of devotee is, is superior to the preceding type. And then I list the different types here. An opportunistic person, the businessman, the intellectual, uh, the experiencer, and the inquirer. You can read those if you want to. Uh, they, they explain the psychology of five types of inquirers, or five types of spiritual people who are on the spiritual path. And then in verse 58, he says... Success, now, but he says success is easier to attain by informal devotion than any other means. I don't have the informal chart, but that was down the second, actually the first step of devotion, because devotion to objects is not devotion. Uh, but we, so the first stage is informal devotion, and he's saying what? Success is easier to obtain by informal devotion by any other means. Why is that? Because there's no rules. The other means are karma yoga and jnana yoga. And karma yoga and jnana yoga, what are they, they require that discipline. Obviously, discipline is necessary. You need, you need discrimination, devotion, discipline. Huh? You definitely need those qualities for success in anything. But, but uh, if you don't have the discipline, then what do you do? If you don't have that discipline, then what do you do? Huh? You take to informal devotion. In other words, you, you just make a point of worshiping 
uh, the Lord in any way you can. Of course, in any way you can, any God you want, right? You just start there because he said that's the easiest. If you're dis if you're a disciplined person, you, there's a real, there's a, there's a tremendous sense of confidence and joy that comes when you are a disciplined person. Your, your self confidence goes way up, and you, it, because why? Because, you, because you're doing the right thing for yourself. A lot of people feel low self esteem, particularly in these cultures, but. They, and they, they think it's all related to their childhood and to their past and so forth and so on. But they don't realize that the way that you can what? The way you get to build your self-esteem is, is not to think about the past, but to do the right thing for yourself. When you start doing the right thing for yourself, then what? Then you feel good about yourself and your esteem grows. And huh? So the more you discipline yourself... Uh, the, the, the more confident and powerful you become. You know, because living here takes discipline. There are rules. You have to follow the rules. You have to respond intelligently and appropriately in a timely fashion to what's happening if you want to succeed. And it takes discipline to do that. You can't just let your desires or your fears push you all over the place. Uh, so you build your self-esteem by... Uh, by, you know, the discipline path. But if you can't discipline yourself, then then never mind. Just whenever you feel it or whatever your love, whatever you do love, you keep doing that. <laughs> because love feels good. <laughs> huh? Devotion feels good. And and the more, the more you get, the more you devote yourself, the better you feel. That's all. However you do it. Understand? So... And then he says, devotion is easy, easy, easiest, what? That's what I just said. He said, devotion is easiest because it does not depend on any other, any other authority. It is self-validating. So you feel good just by doing it. The other authority in our case is when you join the Vedanta Sangha, the Vedanta Sampradaya, then you're required to what? Then you're required to follow the instructions in the scripture. Then the scripture uh, disciplines you. And the guru keeps an eye to see that you're disciplined. See that you're doing your uh, sadhana pro properly. Now that's faster and better <laughs> than relying on you, but it's more difficult. Because uh, you've got to live up to the, to the scripture here. Uh, you're setting a higher standard for yourself uh, when you take to Vedanta. Right. So, so, but this informal devotion doesn't require that. If you love Jesus, love Jesus. If you if you love nature, love nature. But always, <coughs> always be you know, you know, cultivating the things that you do love. Assuming what? Assuming they're dharmic. Loving bad things, loving negative things, is not considered devotion. And it would not produce the same kind of happiness. So, And he said, because, why? Because devotion itself is, a, is an embodiment of what? Of joy, of supreme peace, of peace and supreme joy. 
the more you're really devoted to anything, like you're an artist, say a musician or an artist. Now, these people get tremendous joy by what? Devoting themselves to art or, or, or whatever it is. Or, or you're an athlete. Huh? You look, look at these. I, I like sports and I like to watch sports. And you see these great, these great athletes, you know, how tremendously disciplined they are and how much power they have and how much joy they have, how they play uh, with great enthusiasm and joy and how willing they are to discipline themselves to what? To gain that kind of happiness. Okay. So, so he says, uh, and then he said, <clears throat> he said, once, once you get that kind of devotion, uh, we're talking dualistic devotion to an object, then he says what? what once you've what? Once you've, all of your spiritual duties and worldly duties are what? Are offered to God. And that's once you do your karma yoga, what, what happened? You don't need to worry about gain and loss. The zero sum huh, nature of the world doesn't important anymore. So you don't have to worry about that. Why don't you have to worry about that? Because Ishwara takes care of that. Ishwara says in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, this verse is taken from the Bhagavad Gita. In the Bhagavad Gita, Ishwara says what? He says, with, with a heart that knows no otherness. In other words, understanding that non-duality is the essence. Heart means essence. Understanding that, real, that, understanding that reality is non-dual. Understanding that with your heart, feeling that. Believing that, having a strong conviction that reality is non dual. He said, keep your mind, your intellect, your mind, on me alone. How do you do that? How do you keep your mind on love? I'm the self. I am love. Huh? Keep your mind on that thought. You can't keep your mind on love, can you? Because your mind is love. You keep your mind on the thought of love. Keep your mind on me alone. In other words, keep thinking about this, about who you are and what reality is and what the scripture is teaching. Keep thinking about that constantly. And then he says what? And I'll take care of your worldly stuff. Now, what you need that you're getting, I'll take care of what you'll get what you need to grow and, and, uh, and I'll what? And I will see that you don't lose anything that's important. Those are the two things we worry about all the time, isn't it? Is getting things and then keeping things. Once you, once you get something, uh, you, you feel happy, but, but that's just the beginning of your problems, isn't it? Because now what? Now you got to worry about keeping it. So... So that desire to get things is immediately converted over to the desire to hang on to something, keep it. And so have you gained anything? No, you gained something, but you lost something at the same time. <laughs> so by gaining something, you don't get free. Huh? You just get another problem, which is keeping. And he says, so that whole psychology goes away. Okay. That whole psychological state, that worry, that, that 
<laughs> grasping to get and that holding to keep those two energies, huh? I want, I want, and then holding on to it so you don't lose it. My job, my wife, my kids, my job, my money, my this, my, 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 my all that stuff is gone. It all belongs to Ishwara. And so Ishwara takes care of it. That's what he says here. It says here. So Ishwara looks after that stuff. And you know, that's that's hard to do, isn't it? Because we're, we're used to like, we don't trust Ishwara to look after us. Even though Ishwara has looked after us all our lives, huh? even though we got to where we've gotten now, is because what? Ishwara has been looking after us. We still don't trust Ishwara. We still want to keep, huh, to be God to ourselves and what? And, 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 and take responsibility for everything on our own and worry about what, huh, and keeping what? What's the point? You've already been taken care of. Why would Ishwara suddenly stop taking care of you now? Because you're loving Ishwara. In fact, the fact that you're looking after yourself is so is so ennobling and, and empowering that you really don't worry about that stuff. Because you, the more you trust in Ishwara, the happier you become, and the happier you become, the less it matters, you know, uh, this worldly stuff matters to you. It doesn't really matter that much. It just just becomes less and less and less important. The less you need. Huh? The less you need, too. Yeah, and the less you need, of course. Because the, the fuller you are, the less you need. Look at how hard it is to, to gain things in this world and to keep things in this world. My God. Jesus, I... Uh, you know, I, I had to, I decided to leave the States, and so I, I wanted to live in Europe so I could be closer to European culture. <laughs> and my wife lives in South Africa, and she kept traveling to America and back and over to India and Africa, so a lot of trouble. So we decided to live in Spain. So it took us basically six years to get, sit, to get find the right place in Spain, and, and and then and all this money, and then I had to borrow money, and I never borrowed a dime in my life, ever, from anybody for anything. And I had to borrow money to, to, to pay for some of that place in Spain. And now I've got all this trouble, all these headaches of keeping it and worrying it and visas and money and this and that, and my God. Huh? But do I worry? No, I don't. Why not? Because Ishwara is taking care of it. I just do what I can do every day, do my very best every day, and, and, and see what happens. And if, if something goes wrong, then Ishwara wants it to go wrong, and I'll, say, I'll just say, okay, and I'll, then Ishwara will suggest something else, and I'll do that, whatever it is. So, so, my mind is free. <laughs> it's free. It's here in the present. It's free to respond huh, naturally and, huh, and freely to what's actually happening in the present because it's not always worried about the future. But when you're worried about the future, if you have a worry, 
then that worry is going to what? Affect how efficiently you respond all along, isn't it? And, and, and it's highly likely that that anxiety will cause you to what? Not, a, not respond in an appropriate way or in a timely way. Your timing will be bad and your, your so on. So the idea is to offload the this this to Ishwar, trust Ishwar. You say, okay, Ishwar, I'm loving, I'm loving you. I'm looking after you. I'm thinking about you. I'm serving you all day long. So you take care of your side of the bargain, and Ishwar takes care of his side of the bargain. You'll see, it's amazing, huh? You see, you think, oh, I really didn't have to worry about that at all, because then here it comes. Huh? Yeah. But how can you say you have a headache? I never understood this when you teach this. How can you say you have a headache and you worry, and then two seconds later or ten, you say, <laughs> oh, I don't, I'm free of that, you know? Well, one's a satya person, the other's the mitya person. I'm just dramatizing it. Mm. Huh? Mm. It, uh, the mitya person, the apparent person, has these problems, doesn't it? And a realized person doesn't have those problems. I'm helping you to contrast these two states of mind, these two types of thinking, these two people. This is all about developing your discrimination. So that means you don't worry. <laughs> no, no, it means I worry, but I don't worry. Now, I, am, I see you love them. <laughs> That's what it says in the scripture. He does without doing. He, huh? That's what the scripture says. He worries, but he doesn't worry. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. in, in the mitya dimension, there's worry, but he, you're in the satya dimension, so you're not worrying. You just observe the worry. Huh? Mm -hmm. it's, from the outside, it looks like you're worrying. People say, huh, they're worrying. And, and, but from the inside, you're not worrying. From the self, because you're the self, you're not worrying, because you know everything's fine. So you do all these actions and people say, well, you can't be enlightened. Huh? You can't be enlightened. You worry about money. Huh? Well, does anybody in this, in this room that doesn't worry about money? Nobody. Everybody. Well, well good for you. I'm going to come and visit you. <laughs> or not. Huh? No, you don't worry about money, right? Everybody worries about money. <coughs> Now, what's wrong with that? Nothing. You got to worry about something. Your mind is always <laughs> your mind is always worried about something, isn't it? But you know it's not really worry, don't you? You know it doesn't really affect you. It's just a game that you play with life, huh? So That's all. So you're saying the worry thought comes up, and you are aware of the worry thought, and therefore you are not worrying. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So. That's right. From the self's point of view, it's not worry. Yes. Only from the outside point of view, it's worry. But who's who's doing the worrying? Yeah, that's my question. Ishwara. <laughs> Ishwara is what? Insecurity. Because everything in this world is insecure. So it's appropriate to worry, isn't it? So blame the worry on Ishwara. Offer the, the worry to Ishwara if you're a person, even if you're not the self. 
I mean, if the world's always changing and you don't worry and you don't know you're the self, then you're in big trouble. Huh? Then you'll get just ground up. You'll end up like, you know, shooting up heroin on the street and they'll pick you up over overdose on, on fentanyl or something like that. If you don't worry. Huh? If you're a person and you don't know you're the self, if you're the self, well, hell, you know, <clears throat> you're fine. So, you know, worry means thinking. When are you not thinking? The 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 Veda in the Veda the the Hindus were great taxonomists. The taxonomy means classifiers of, of objects. And and they gave names to all the objects in the creation, including all the different species and so forth and so on. And when they came to human beings, they they uh, they uh, were kind of puzzled. What what should we call these people? What what should we what word should we use to apply to humans? Because the Rishis never thought they were humans. They they knew that they were the self. Rishis the self appearing as a human, but the Rishi doesn't think he's a a human. So the Rishis, who wrote the Vedas and the Puranas and all that, they thought, what are we going to call humans? And they came up with the word minutia. And you know what minutia means? The ones who think or worry. Huh? That's what they do. Huh? It's, there's nothing un, un, illogical about it, is there? Why? Because everything's changing, isn't it? Now, for a dog or cat, a dog or a cat doesn't worry, do they? Do you see dogs and cats worrying? You don't. You don't see any animal worrying, do you? No. Why not? Because they're not men. They're not Men means minutia. They're not human beings. Because mm -hmm. huh? they don't have an intellect, and they don't know that the world is, is not supposed to change. They think the world's supposed to change. Huh? So any change that happens, they accept it. We think the world shouldn't change. We think, huh, that it should be all perfect and wonderful and stay the same all the time, so we don't have to worry. But if you're in this, you have to worry because there's no other choice. Because huh? the mind is always worrying, isn't it? It's always thinking. It's always going round and round. What's this? What about that? What, huh? All the time. So the I is then the consciousness. When you say I worry, yeah. I consciousness show myself as worry. I appear, yeah. I appear I as a worry. I appear as worry in the world. That's right. You, you. If you say I worry, then you made a mistake, don't yeah, you? Haven't you? Because the self isn't going to be worrying, is it? But if you say I appear as a worried human being, huh? Then fair enough. <clears throat> And if you appear as a human being, it means what? You're not actually a human being, if you say that. Are you? Because the word appearance means not real. That's what the word, that's what maya means. Maya means, maya creates the appearance of a world. Not, there's no actual real world. There's an apparent world. And in that apparent world, there's, you know, 
things that worry and things that don't. There's animate objects and inanimate objects and so on and so forth. But they're all seeming entities. They're not actual entities. Because when we start to drill down into them with our inquiry, we can't find anything there. Well, drill down means what? If we, if we, if we dismiss the non-essential parts of ourselves, our body is non-essential. Our emotions non-essential. Our thoughts non-essential. Our conditioning non-essential. What's what can't we dismiss? What's what is essential? My Atman, myself, my my consciousness. Understand? Oh. So these people, huh, they they trust that Ishwara, in other words, they know that the apparent reality has it all programmed. They know their karma is fine. They know that Ishwara is going to facilitate the actions. And they just, whatever Ishwara gives them, they know that that's what they're supposed to have. And they stop worrying about it. <laughs> Actually, they stopped worrying about it before when they put their mind on the cell. They say, okay, let Ishwara take care of that. I can't be bothered with all this stuff. I understand how hard that is. If you're a person, then you see, you, it's very, the, the, the key to this whole thing is faith in the scripture. If you don't have faith in these words, then it's not going to work. Huh? And, and how would you gain, how would you turn that faith into knowledge? By putting your mind on Ishwar and seeing if, if your whole life falls apart. Seeing if life gets worse and you go to hell and everything goes, goes south and it's all a big mess. Just try it and see. And if you actually do what Ishwara says in the right spirit, you'll discover quite the opposite. <laughs> you'll discover that your life will flower and grow. But I don't want to trust that, do I? I'm afraid it might go wrong. Maybe I can't trust the Lord. Maybe the Lord is lying here. I'll bet you God is lying. Yeah, I wonder what God's got up his sleeve. I don't think I'd better trust God. I think I'd better be God. I'll, I'll do it. Right? Okay, up to you. You like that thought? You want to worry? That's up to you. Free to worry. Understand so. So he says, what's worldly and spiritual? Worldly and spiritual duties. Just consign them all to the Lord, huh? Now, the devotee need not worry about gain and loss. Ishwara says that in the Gita. He says, I will take care of your getting and your keeping. Seek to know the Lord and all else will be added unto you. Oh yeah, what does that say? The, you know that? Seek the lily on the fields and not 
No, yeah. they, much, see how I, I how I care for the for the lilies. No, it's, it's without toil or something. Yeah, how they live, how they live, but they don't, and, and they're beautiful even in the dirt and the mud and so forth and so on. They yeah. just express themselves, and they're so beautiful. Have you seen a, a plant in a in a in a in a garbage heap? where it's all stinky and everything, and you see a flower there, and it's just expressing its beauty. And it doesn't know it's in the, it doesn't know it's growing in this, in this pile of shit. Huh? Because it's not worried about, huh? It's just expressing itself. <laughs> and your nature's love, so you should express love. Hmm? The more love you express, the, huh? <laughs> The more you grow, that's what it said. The love grows and you grow right along with it. And the world keeps shrinking away. <coughs> it's just filled with this great, great fullness of love. And all the little things on the surface, on the corners, they don't even touch you. They don't even bother you. Just little pinpricks <coughs> of life. They don't bother you. It's like a mosquito bite. So your boyfriend leaves you. So what? Huh? Big deal. There's billions of boyfriends out there. If you need another <laughs> Oh no, it's mine. It's mine. And so he says, and he said, but. To attain non-dual devotion, don't abandon responsibilities in this world. In other words, uh, don't you know, just keep doing what you're doing. But and, and then what do you do? This is karma yoga. Just surrender the actions to the Lord. That's all. If you give the action to the Lord, then th when you give the action to the Lord, that's when your worry stops. <laughs> that's the point of giving to, to the Lord is to stop your worry. And Krishna says to Arjuna when he tells when he's selling. Krishna's got to sell uh, karma yoga to Arjuna, and, and when he's selling it, before he explains what it is, he says what? He, first he's taught him self-knowledge, and that didn't work. He's told him he's a self, and, and Arjuna doesn't get it. And then Krishna realizes he needs a yoga, because he's all anxious and emotional, because he's got this nasty job to do. And he said, and then Krishna's just the coolest dude, I tell you. He's just so smooth and so slick and so, I don't know, you just got to admire him. If you, if, you, if you are familiar with the story, you'll just love the heck out of this guy. He doesn't insult his, uh, uh, Arjuna at all. He's already done that, and that didn't work. Arjuna just <laughs> argued with him. <laughs> So, but he tries his best to get Arjuna motivated, and Arjuna doesn't isn't want to get motivated. So then he then he then Krishna's realizes, okay, it didn't work. Then he says, he said, I've I've taught you, I've so far, he said, I've taught you the wisdom of self knowledge. Now I'll teach you the wisdom of yoga. And of course, you, whenever whenever we give a teaching, we have to tell you what the benefit is. Of the teaching, so you you'll, uh, you won't practice it unless you know there's a benefit. He says, I, I, now I teach you the wisdom of yoga. He said, a little yoga, a little karma yoga removes great fear. 
There's a tiny little bit of this uh, karma yoga removes a lot of fear. There you are. Now that's that's a statement of fact. It's true. That's huh? Yeah, and the person who's practiced karma yoga, I get it. I you know read the website. It's I there must be thousands of people now who have written me and told me. Huh? This works. It totally works. Thank you very much for explaining it to me. I tried it, and it actually works. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful. I get this, this amazing, almost every letter is a letter of gratitude. Why? Because it works. Huh? Because th those people have the faith to actually practice it. So it's a contract. If you don't want to accept it as a contract, then go ahead and keep worrying. Try, try and solve the problem yourself. That's all. Yeah. Um, I don't know really know how to offer God my my actions. It's it's like God. I well, you just say you here that you just say here. This is for you. I say it. What well, do you mean it? Is there another way than no 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 no? no you no mean it. You you're grateful, so you offer it to the Lord. I say grateful. <laughs> Well, then, well, no, I know you're not grateful. I know. I understand. But, but, but we, are, we, are, I, we already told you why you should be grateful. You didn't hear that. No. Yeah, we already explained why you should be grateful. How can you not be grateful? Yeah, how can you not be grateful? What? What? Huh? Well, he's not. Come I mean, what? Okay, never mind. You aren't. Okay. You, fair enough. You're not grateful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. He's great. So, uh, why? What? What don't you have that you think you should have? Good. Now, if, if God gives you a beautiful, sexy, rich woman who says she loves you forever, will you be grateful? How do you know? You will until you find what the downside is, but... Yeah, yeah, you'll be grateful. So you're holding, you're waiting to be happy until you get the beautiful, six, sexy, rich, probably spiritual woman too. You wanted to be spiritual and sexy and rich, right? And and totally dedicated to you to satisfy, to satisfy your every need, to satisfy your every need. Yeah, don't pray. Do you, you know the story about the guy who was driving a car? Is a German. He was in Germany. And uh, he just bought a new Mercedes-Benz. And he was driving a car down through the forest, like here, a very nice area. And he saw a frog hopping across the road. And, you know, being an environmentalist, he didn't want to run over the frog. So he breaks and he gets out. And he, 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 he picks up the frog. And, uh, and he's going to walk it to the side of the road, 
And the frog says, Excuse me, excuse me, sir. Help me. No. I don't look like it, but I'm actually an extremely beautiful, sexy woman. If you kiss me, I will satisfy, I will turn into the, the woman of your dreams and I'll satisfy every single desire that you can ever imagine for as long as you live. Oh, man. <laughs> and he put it in his pocket. <laughs> and, and he gets back in the car and then he hears the frog and the frog said, Excuse me! <laughs> Excuse me! Did you hear me? I told you I'm a beautiful, sexy woman and I'll satisfy every desire forever that you ever have. Why won't you kiss me? And he said, at my age, a talking frog is a lot more interesting. <laughs> It's a lot more interesting than a beautiful, sexy, willing woman. Yeah. So, so you just wait till it comes, and then you'll be great. Then you'll know what gratitude is. Because if you don't feel grateful. Yeah, I don't want to call you, I don't want to say you're stupid, but you're stupid. <laughs> you, you don't count your blessings, man. You got, you got to be grateful for what you have, Sometimes. not what you don't have. Yes. No. Huh? Well, what, you know, what do you mean, no? Yeah, I mean, you say you're not grateful. Yeah. But you should be counting your, huh? God has given you all this stuff. Even here you are, the great Ramjis about it, teaching you. Huh? 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 I put up with Sometimes you for five years, for man, and, and you are telling me all this stuff, and I still love you. <laughs> and now after five years, you tell me you're not even grateful. Okay, some kind of gratefulness is. Oh, some kind of gratefulness. <laughs> what kind of gratefulness is that? Okay, I'm grateful now. Oh, yeah. Most time, yeah. Huh? Most time, no. Well, that's your, that's your practice. My practice. Yeah, that's that's your sadhana. That's your spiritual practice. Is gratitude. In every, in, uh, for your karma, for whatever happens, you take it as a gift. As a gift. No, no, you say that because you don't like your karma. You don't like your karma. You want some better karma. Yeah, you want better karma. Well, if you want better karma, then you have to do better actions. Start cleaning the floors. Okay. Okay. I think I understood. No, say, I did understand. I did understand. Yeah, I understand. Okay. This is not rocket science. 
It's pretty straightforward. Am, am I the only one who? Okay, everybody who's not grateful, raise their hand. I think there is a part in everyone which is sometimes deluded and not grateful. Yeah, that's right. So sometimes from day to day. And when you don't feel grateful, that's when you practice gratitude. <laughs> and you should be grateful for what you don't have. Why? Because the Lord is keeping that thing away from you because it's not good for you. Yeah. If you got that beautiful, sexy woman, huh, it would be the worst thing that happened to you, I tell you. Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't. I didn't get a lot of conviction in that. <laughs> You'll find out. You must have had beautiful women chase you before. You must. Must beautiful women must have fallen in love with you from time to time, didn't they? Yeah. You're a nice-looking man. You're a beautiful guy. Yes. <laughs> Why didn't they stay? I don't know. Because <laughs> you weren't grateful for them. If you were uh, grateful for them and paid attention to them, you would think they'd leave? That's love. <laughs> love is gratitude. People leave people because they aren't loved. Yeah, they don't trust. Yeah. Huh? They don't That's trust all. Them. Huh? But you see, he's very, you're very honest. He said, I'm not grateful, and this is the beginning of ignorance. Like, I'm not full. No, that's the beginning of knowledge. That's honest. I love Narayana because he's really totally honest. He's not, he's not covering up. Most of us are, are, are ashamed of what we are, so we cover it up, and we pretend that we're something else, or we just don't want to talk about it. Huh? But that's purity. He's exposing himself. Yeah, that's right. That's the vulnerability. Or that, that's purity. That means I really have nothing to hide. I really want to understand something. Understand? That's a beautiful quality. Yeah. Yeah. Are <laughs> we are great. <laughs> and so, so, oh, but listen, you're not going to like this verse. <laughs> what does it say? Don't chase money or entertain yourself with sex. Oh, no. It, it, it says, don't chase money or entertain yourself with sex. It doesn't say don't have sex, does it? Does it? Does it say don't have sex? It says, don't think of sex as entertainment. <laughs> Don't compromise your values. Now we're getting to the values topic. All you values people. Okay, we're getting to the values topic. And don't quarrel with others. Relinquish false pride, hypocrisy, and other vices. So now we're going to talk about virtues and vices, then the value of values. The value of values means you're not going to grow unless you take a fearless moral inventory. You know, the... the what is it, 12-step program? 
You know the 12 step program? No. AA, ANA, all of those? No. You don't? No. They're kind of a secular karma yoga, but that, that uh, basically the most important, important well, there's, it's two principles basically. One is you need to turn your life over to God, and two, you have to make a, firm, a, a fearless moral inventory. Now, now, on the second day, we talked about, I think, in this seminar, I can't remember, but we, we talked about Dharma Yoga. Remember, we talked about Karma Yoga and Dharma Yoga. Huh? And we said that Dharma means uh, that, that the, the, the Dharma field, this is the Dharma field, you know, it's not just a mechanical field, just a field of action. It's a moral field also. It's a it's a field of values. <laughs> Every one, as I said earlier in the last session, each one of these gunas uh, uh, is responsible for different values. And since these gunas are here at the at the cause, they're the cause. Every one of these, uh, every object in the universe has a moral value. So, so I need to, to get myself sorted, get myself clear, get myself in the right place. I need to examine my values. He's already just generally lumped values into what? One concept, which is materialism. And that's right. Now, why, why do I have a conflict, a values conflict? Why? Because before the world became, before the world began, I didn't have a values conflict, did I? Why? Because there was no matter. I didn't have a spiritual conflict either, because what? There was no matter. You only have a spiritual problem because there's a matter. So I, awareness, didn't have a, a material or a spiritual problem. Because I am the spirit. And the spirit is totally pure. It's totally clean. There's nothing other in me. I'm pure. I have no parts. Now when Maya appears, what what is added to the spirit? Matter. Matter. We are spirit beings. I explained this earlier. We're spirit beings. And, uh, and we've entered into a, ma a material tube. So we're a spiritual entity uh, with a material sheath, material body. <coughs> now we're not, now and here's the problem. To, to satisfy the material body takes certain kind of values and to satisfy the spiritual part of yourself uh, takes other kind of values. But I'm not clear whether I'm a, a spiritual entity in a material body yeah. or a material entity in a spiritual body. What am I? Because I've got both material values and spiritual values and I haven't sorted them out. Because of these 
this values conflict, my mind is conflicting. Because the values that are appropriate for the body are not values that are appropriate for the spirit, and, and the, the spiritual values are not appropriate for the body, or maybe they are. We have to find out, because there is an overlap. Some spiritual values are good for, some worldly values are good for our spiritual life, and some spiritual values are not good for our worldly life. So we have to know what they are and what, and, 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 clean up or, or design, let's say, design our lives uh, with the values that are most, that are appropriate to our goal. <coughs> Understand? So I need to take a fearless moral inventory and the scripture, right, tells you, it, do, it does it for you. <laughs> There are a list of values in here. I think there are about, I don't know how many, 20 or? 23. 23. And in the Yoga of Love, there's another 15 or 20. I mean the Yoga of Three Energies. Excuse me. There's So, in, in fact, I, we're making a book now. Rory's making a a book that combines the, value, the, the values in here and the values in in the yoga three energies we're making one book called the value of values so i have to know what the value of each value is and i need to fully assimilate the good values and fully what renounce the bad values because every good value implies a bad value and in the bhagavad-gita these values are called knowledge it doesn't mean self-knowledge. It means I need to have values knowledge <clears throat> because without values knowledge, I can't progress spiritually. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's the...